Behavior Center. ID Forum. So good morning, everybody. My name is Gia Felice, and I am the Global Director of Marketing at BehaviorSec. And today I have with me Mr. Dave McCulley. Good morning, Dave. Good morning, Gia. <laughs> Dave is the Director of Sales Engineering at BehaviorSec. And today, uh, the topic of our, of our chat is the importance of user experience in disruptive transformation. And I think, Dave, you are uniquely qualified to talk about this because you talk to so many of our current and, and potential customers um, at BehavioSec. So I guess, you know, to kind of kick us off, what are some of the common, you know, cyber concerns that customers face that you speak with? And I guess, how have they evolved and heightened since moving to this current state of such disruptive transformation? Well, Gia, that's a that's a good start to the day. Um, uh, in in BehavioSec, dealing with behavioral biometrics, uh, uh, our primary goal really is to uh, deal with ATO, or what we call account takeover uh, issues. So we want to validate that the user behind the keys or the touchscreen on the mobile device is the user uh, that we that is the user of record basically uh, and there's not some automation going on or some criminal activity behind those keys so that is the primary goal of of what we try to do now now since the pandemic uh, we have seen a lot of employees shift from that workspace to that home space uh, and when you have a a hundred percent of your employees go remote it creates other kinds of challenges Everybody's coming in from from a different location, so it's very hard to track. It's you don't know uh, uh, from an uh, IP perspective uh, uh, where they're coming from. Uh, are they consistently coming from the same space? Uh, are they using the right credentials? Is someone else compromising those credentials? These are these are challenges that get much more complex when that uh, workforce moves remotely. So that's one of the big things we've seen. So we've shifted from dealing a lot of, you know, dealing with uh, what we would call that uh, SIAM or customers, customers dealing with, you know, logging in and using online e-commerce or online banking to dealing with the internal employees. So we've seen, we've definitely seen a shift there. Uh, uh, we are also seeing a lot of unique opportunities, what I would say non-traditional, uh, where customer service and contractors and other folks still need to help these organizations and they are also not able to be on site. So uh, it's tougher to manage those types of credentials and validate those individuals when contractors and third parties are involved in providing uh, services for an organization. Interesting. Okay. So I guess another question is there's a, a theory amongst the business community that the pandemic has created you know, uncertainty and disruption no surprise. <laughs> so question to you is what are you seeing with customers, you know, with respect to moving forward to trying to future proof their identity posture? I think I, I think this key thing we're actually seeing during this little pandemic uh, uh, stint that we're in right now is that a lot of projects that may have uh, had budgets that were, you know, out there a few quarters 
or, or projects that were just moving slower because of other priorities, there's been a shift. So now the pandemic has caused a more immediate need for these types of projects. And now those projects have accelerated cycles and there's a, a lot more focus and money and people trying to solve these problems in a, in a quicker capacity because now they're all basically working remotely. They're no longer in the office, right? So I think that that's key. And we've seen a couple of other unique, maybe not traditional projects come on the radar due to the pandemic. That is for sure. Interesting. So how important do you think the user experience is to customers? Um, and I guess as a, a two second part to that question, um, how are customers balancing, you know, the, of course, opposing requirements of keeping personal identity and assets protected while preserving, you know, that, that elusive positive user or, or customer experience? Yeah, great question. Um, this was definitely a pre-pandemic struggle. And it's a struggle that still continues in, in, in some or in a lot of scenarios. I guess it's even uh, uh, more of a struggle just because of the shift in, in workforce. Companies do want their internal and external customers to have a really good experience. And that is what we would, you know, friction is the challenge there. So you want to have a basically a frictionless experience, uh, but still comply with strong uh, policies and, and data protection policies like PII and other things. So that's one of the, the, the key things uh, that is a challenge there. Security will also have, a, you know, always have that component of friction and in, in how much friction are, will customers tolerate uh, uh, versus saying, I've had enough uh, and I'm going to go somewhere else to have this experience because you provide too much pain for me is always that challenge between the security team and, and the customer satisfaction team. So you always see those those debates. I, I think uh, uh, pandemic era, we're, we're definitely seeing that 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 security posture is, is kind of maybe winning out. So we're going to start to introduce some friction and you're kind of going to have to deal with it. Uh, so that's one of the uh, one of the things we're seeing, too, as well. Uh, uh, so we try to use our tech uh, uh sec here to really reduce the friction and maintain that high security posture. Uh, so that's one of the strengths of what we do. Uh, so we try to do that uh, to support that customer initiative. The other thing is we have a really unique signal that can help reduce that friction. Uh, so when, when the users log in, we can look at behavioral scores. And if those scores are an acceptable threshold, we'll just basically tell the customer to bypass those step-ups because they're no longer required. Um, and that is a big component. Um, we've actually implemented it internally uh, here at Behavosec as well. So we, we use it every day ourselves. Um, so uh, if you type and your behavior's good, you're right in the system. No step-up is required. And gee, I'm sure you've seen this as well. And, and it works quite nice. So this is the goal. So if we can do this more and more for our customers, as, as well as our customers can use it for their customers, then we can create good experiences both for the IM and SIAM spaces. Uh, so this is key to solving this challenge. Interesting. So I wanted to tease something out with you that I heard um, you outlined just a moment ago. I know that behavior sex traditional segment is banking and, and fintech, but you mentioned an internal use case 
And you mentioned some other customers that might be kind of out of the box for BehaviorSec. Um, would you care to highlight on maybe some of those places that customers are taking this, this unique signal, as you say, that we might not have gone on our own if we weren't in this, this disruptive transformation period? Yeah, so I think some of the things we're starting to see that maybe we haven't expected is, is how we deal with authentication. I think we're starting to see customers, you know, trust the behavioral components maybe a little bit more than they have in the past. And again, we don't use it as a validation uh, or a credential. We use it as a confirmation that there is a human and it's the right human being behind the keys. Um, so we've actually seen um, some partners and some customers push the passwordless authentication model uh, uh, and use this signal as a method to, okay, we like the behavior, so maybe we don't need to type in the password right now because we're good with what we saw in the username um, and use it as, a, as an intermediary kind of to, to validate that that user is that user and maybe we don't need the password at this point in time. Or if we see a failure, then let's just go to that step up. Uh, and if we get a good response on that challenge, then we know that user is the user of record. So we're starting to see that. We're also seeing a lot of customers uh, outsource this functionality. They outsource to, you know, trying to find a way to validate uh, that user is that user of record, right? So we actually validate that quite nicely. Does that make sense to you? Yeah, that's fine. That, that's great, Dave. Yeah, great. And I know I put you on the spot a little bit, but <laughs> thank you for that. And, and I guess this, this, again, begs the question, and you did touch on it earlier. Um, Behavisec is where identity and, as you mentioned, access. Um, most customers have, you know, a, an authentication solution, multi-factor, zero trust, whatever we want to, you know, label it. But a lot of those are, are, are a bit long in the tooth or aged. Um, and they really no longer protect the customer the way they initially were deployed to do. How do you recommend customers go about addressing this aging authentication problem? Yeah, this is definitely a challenge we see in, in some organizations. Uh, when you have an aging platform that may be homegrown, um, it doesn't give you the ability to modernize these modules quickly. So, so we have you know several partners in the space that do have identity access management platforms. And they're really good at modularizing these components on how you authenticate and when you step up and what step up vendors do you use and what signals are you looking at on when and how to step up. And we plug in there quite nicely. And that's, that's really one of the advantages of, of working with a modernized platform. Because when step up vendor you use today, there may be a better one tomorrow and you can easily you know, plug these, these in and out. And then we use our signal to work with them on when, when to use that step up and when not to. Uh, and that's part of that friction reduction that, that we've been uh, uh, kind of focusing on a little bit. So, you know, our signal, uh, you know, it, it has a really 
strong AI and uh, machine learning uh, component behind it. It allows those customers to maintain a strong customer profile and you can implement a strong uh, policy as you want. So we allow you to adjust those signals when they come in on when you want to step up and not step up. But again, if you have an older legacy platform, tougher integration point. If you're on one of the more modernized platforms, very easy to take those types of signals that we provide and and modularly include them or uninclude them uh, uh, as needed. Great answer. Thank you, Dave, for that. And I think my, my last question is a little bit of a crystal ball question. And it's, um, you know, as we settle down to our, whatever our new normal is going to be, where do you think things are going to sit for customers, you know, three to six months from now, or even a year? I know that's a long time, but uh, what's your perspective on that? Uh, great question, Gia. You know, with the pandemic, we've had lots of unknowns, and in, in this last four to five months have definitely been uh, a technical challenge for a lot of uh, for a lot of uh, organizations, for sure. the The challenge is um, we don't know what the next four to five months or the next year are even going to look like. Um, we don't know how fast we're going to come back. We don't know how fast. Uh, we're going to be able to contain this particular pandemic. So I think we just need to be prepared and, and be dynamic, be able to think about how our environments are going to going to look like in four to five months and maybe even a year or more. Uh, employees may not come back in certain environments as fast as we'd like. And in other, envir- in other environments, they may come back quicker. So I think being prepared and being dynamic for that is going to be key. I think we need to, you know, I think we've spent the last four to five months finding those short-term gaps and how to fill them. Well, what are those long-term gaps going to be? What are they going to look like? And what is organizations' appetite for risk when when so many employees and customers and contractors are are having a heavy online presence or having a heavy remote presence? And what are those demands on those gaps going to be? That's that's still to be determined. But I, I just think we need to be a little bit patient, and we need to be, you know, dynamic in, in how we how we go through this. Uh, as I mentioned earlier, I think you know budgets are going to shift. Uh, there may have been a lot of long-term strategy and goals and how things were going to be, you know, two to three to five years out, and now you're going to see a lot of budget shifting and adjusting when you have a a, a pandemic like this. So I think um, I think the term disruptive transformation, which we, we've used a lot, and it's been this common buzzword, has really been put to the test with this pandemic because uh, uh, COVID has definitely been disruptive and, and we're transforming as fast as we can to accommodate for it. Um, and I think we're going to continue to see that uh, in the next you know, six months to a year. So digital transformation, I guess, is going to get a, a whole new uh, kickstart which is exciting to see. And here at BehavioSec, you know, I think because of how we operate and where we sit, uh, we can really be helpful in that uh, transformation. If, if it's a struggle uh, for an organization to validate that their users and their contractors and their customers are who they say they are, and you're not concerned, or you are concerned, I should say, that uh, a criminal element may be taking advantage of this scenario, as is typically done, then uh, then we can, you know, we can be there to help you and support you along that way. 
Well, that's great. Well, thank you, Dave, so much. That was my last question for for this round, but I'd love to come back and maybe revisit some of these topics with you and maybe the late summer, um, because I think, you know, this is the heart of where we are right now for online trust and especially, you know, identity and access. So I really appreciate your time and for you being with us today. I thank our, our listeners out there. We appreciate you. And uh, I guess everybody have a good day. And again, Dave, thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, G. It was my pleasure. Behaviosec. ID Forum.